Injustice, discrimination, and hate are issues that we face here in the U.S. as well as throughout the world. While 2020 was a year that clearly reflected how much work still needs to be done, affecting meaningful change is easier said than done. Emerging from all this hostility, we're now seeing a new generation of activists that have heard the call to action in the fight against hate. So who are these young leaders of social change? What are they doing to promote this global movement to bring about tolerance, equality, and justice? This is Campus on the Common, the podcast of bright ideas from Emerson College's School of Communication. Broadcasting from Boston, Massachusetts, I'm your host, Emerson College alumnus and professor of communication studies, Mark Brody. The Team Harmony Foundation is an organization committed to educating, inspiring, and engaging youth in the battle against hate in all its forms. In today's episode, we'll talk about Team Harmony with three members of the Emerson community that have been instrumental in expanding Team Harmony's connection to young change agents throughout the world. With us today, we have Dr. Greg Payne, the chair of the Department of Communication Studies in Emerson College. Greg, you've been involved with Team Harmony for some time. What exactly is Team Harmony? Team Harmony is a group of collective organizations throughout the, initially throughout Boston, New England, but now it's a global entity and we've all come together for a common purpose and that is to eradicate hate. How will they go about combating hate? Well, I think part of it, it was reignited this last summer with the murder of George Floyd and President Lee Pelton of of Emerson College, our first African-American president, wrote a very emotional, evocative letter in which he talked about some of the challenges of what it was like growing up in the Midwest, particularly Kansas. And at the end of it, he said, okay, this is my experience. My question to you is, what are you going to do? And that was something that I think struck many of us in communication studies as a challenge. And I actually just happened to be talking to a friend of mine, Rick Rendon, of the Rendon Group, and he said they were going to be doing something Team Harmony about eradicating hate, and we decided to put together a team, uh, which initially had no one there except myself, Rick, and his associate, uh, Tricia. And then I brought in other people, uh, change agents like Mark Brody, Kathy Edelstein, Sharifa, as well as Rob Brown, and a cadre of other people that are not content to just talk, but also do. And we decided to form a coalition, and it's something I'm very proud of as a chair because uh, I would say three quarters of our department are involved. It goes across the entire school. And when other people say we can talk about what we're going to do, Team Harmony is committed to making a difference. And so we've connected with our global partner in Blancarna, and they've connected with some of the other universities we deal with in terms of a project around the world. And so we have youth reporters, we have webinars, we have a toolkit, we have a virtual institute. And it's something where we move the rhetoric to just talk to action and very, very proud of it. To me, it's the most exciting global collaborative effort that I have seen facing something we all were threatened by, and that is hate, uh, since I've been at Emerson for over 35 years. You mentioned action. What type of action is this group taking? Well, what I find interesting about what this group is taking is we're engaging, to me, the answer, and that is the youth around the world. And we have a group of people youth reporters that uh, people have put together. They're telling stories about hate in their particular countries and their own cultures and cities. And what I find most important in a crisis is finding a credible and trustworthy source with a consistent message. When we look at the youth reporters, I think what they're doing is 
instead of just talking about a George Floyd scenario, they're talking about their own George Floyd scenarios locally. And I think the idealism that Aristotle talked about 2,000 years ago in the rhetoric is clear with each of these students. And what we found is a common group of people around the world that are young, and I think this is going to be a group and a collection of change agents that will last long beyond Team Harmony. I've heard that they've recruited over 96 student reporters in 36 different countries. Once the reporter goes out and creates a story, what happens to it then? What I've been excited about, Mark, is in addition to taking this on, we also, of course, have had something that's quite revolutionary, a class devoted solely to Team Harmony. And in that class, what I have found is that our students today really resonate with the students that you've just spoken about because they record what their story is. Oftentimes they're interviewing somebody who's combating hate. Maybe it's combating norms and mores, such as what women can wear in Pakistan or whatever. They then post it. It becomes a, a, a common theme that other people can read about. And I think what you have is a group of collective change agents that are talking about the respective steps forward that they've made in individual cultures. And they become, in my mind, sort of superstars for showing what we can do if we each have the courage to take a step forward. Now, as part of the overall program with Team Harmony, I understand that there's a a web series, there's the Virtual Institute for Activism, and there's the toolkit. My understanding is these student reporters go out, they get their stories, and they can contribute to the class at Emerson College, of course, but there's also an affiliation with the web series. Could you give us an overview of what's happening there? Well, I'm very, very excited about that. And that's something that a colleague of mine, Mark Brody, has been involved in. We have Ellie, who has just graduated, and she is uh, heading up the Rindon Group. We also have Angel Salcido from Emerson, who is a journalism major as well as a sports comm minor. We have Kahari Higgins, who is an athlete. The three of them go out and connect, and they report in. And with each of the web series, they're also connecting with celebrities. Uh, Sometimes they're going to be celebrities in music. Sometimes they're going to be in the future. It'll be sports. But we're talking about building bridges among various cultures. And these three are our youth anchors. I'm very, very proud that two of them are from Emerson College. Fantastic. Now, with a virtual institute for activism, Kathy Edelstein is the mastermind behind that, I understand. Could you talk about what type of programs are involved with that virtual institute for activism? What's most exciting, I think, about Team Harmony and having uh, initially communicated it to people like Mark and Kathy and Sharif and others is when you give it to someone who truly believes that we can make a difference, that one person standing up can make a difference, Kathy is the epitome of that. I mean, with her program in which she's taking stories that actually resonate with the culture and the ethnicity of students in the Boston Public Schools. She's also put together a group, mostly from Emerson, but also around the world, Portugal and other institutions of which we have affiliation. And there'll be public speaking. Uh, There'll also be conflict and negotiation. There'll be various other areas that people that are involved in conflict resolution and being change agents, being someone eradicating hate, we're training people that instead of using force, instead of using violence, instead of using weapons, instead of using your your own temper, it's really using communication, which is the most powerful tool in the world. And that will be over a series of weekends. I think it's nine weeks. It will begin in mid-January. Individuals at the college level, as well as high school area, will be able to take that series from some of the best thinkers and best 
practitioners in the entire world. They'll end up with the certificate, but more importantly, they'll be better aimed to go out to confront hate and to indicate that if we all work and take a step forward, we can find more commonalities and eradicate hate globally from here from now on. It sounds like an amazing program, and I've been led to believe that the idea behind it is to give a young person who wants to become an activist the skill sets needed to be effective. So everything from public speaking, how to influence the influencer, how to organize a peaceful demonstration, public relations 101, conflict resolution, the art of the difficult conversation, elements like that. And this is a wonderful thing because now we're taking young people, giving them the skills, using the communications resources that we have at Emerson College and with our local partners and international partners to provide a platform where we can empower these young people. Apart from the Virtual Institute for Activism, there's a toolkit. Could you give us an idea of what is the purpose of the toolkit? Well, I think the toolkit basically is to allow people throughout the entire world, if you decide to be a part of this, where you actually take steps in terms of self-reflection and you self-assessment in terms of what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses. And I think what you're able to do is to educate yourself. We basically give you the ideas and the resources to also become a model and to inspire others. I think through communication, some of our abilities in social media, as well as leadership, you're going to be able to engage and know what your resources that are out there. But overall, we're basically trying to enable you to understand important aspects of identity, power structures, and how within particular cultures and cultural competency, you're able to be the change agent and form relationships around the world to do that. So part of it is self-reflection and identity, understanding power systems, gives you purpose and direction, the importance of collaboration in terms of community connections, building allies and collaborative partners, critical thinking, which is a key piece, and that is being able to figure out how you can respect another viewpoint. You don't always have to necessarily shout it down, but try to figure out why is that person there? And one of the most exciting examples is we have a white supremacist who suddenly saw the other side and is now a part of Team Harmony to eradicate hate and to try to keep people from going down the path that he once did. But otherwise, it's all about motivating, influencing, trying to achieve within existing administrative structures of what you want to, and then more importantly than other, activate others to be part of the social change that we're all trying to be advocates of and using, as Aristotle would say, all the available means of persuasion. So being a good orator, but also being the very, very best at Snapchat and the latest in terms of social media. The take-home point is that when you turn on TV, when you tune in to your favorite YouTube, or you watch your social media echo chamber, each of us can become very pessimistic, and we can look at ourselves as the people with the truth, and the other side is the ones that we have to educate. We have to somehow overpower them. This is really about respect and tolerance, but it's also a belief that within each of us, yes, there's a dark side, but we're getting rid of that dark side. We're replacing it with light and honesty and hope and equality that each of us have a common purpose and that each of us, if we agree to be a part of Team Harmony, each time we stand up, we send forth a tiny trickle of hope that with all the people we have as part of the Team Harmony team can sweep down the mightiest walls of oppression, can actually eradicate hate from around the world 
So as someone who's always been a romantic idealist, I believe that the principles of Aristotle, discovering all the available means of persuasion, also results in each of us knowing that our most important part is our credibility. The one thing as you lose and probably take your last breath is that you've been able to take one step closer to where the world is sharing one thing in common, that there's more that unites us than divides us. Join us, eradicate hate. Thank you, Dr. Payne, chairman of the Emerson College Department of Communication Studies and one of the leaders that helped Team Harmony get launched. It's great to hear how faculty are supporting Team Harmony. But what's happening from a student perspective? Let's talk with an Emerson College senior that is very much involved in one of Team Harmony's most acclaimed projects, the international web series, Hate, What Are You Going to Do? With us is Kahari Higgins, a senior at Emerson College and one of the hosts for the web series, Hate, What Are You Going to Do? Kahari, welcome to Campus on the Common. Thank you for having me. You know, it's great having a fellow Emersonian, and it's been fantastic to watch the evolution of this web series. But for those who aren't familiar with it, could you explain what exactly is this web series called Hate, What Are You Going to Do? Obviously, in today's climate, it's clear to see for everybody that we still have issues in terms of racial and social justice. So this web series aims to help people understand different perspectives. That's the main goal of the web series, to help people understand different perspectives. Through that, hopefully minimize or start to lower the hatred in the world. So the web series hopes to accomplish this by having stories every month. Uh, These stories come in from a team of almost 100 global youth reporters from about 36 different countries. And they bring stories every single month talking about racial justice, social justice, you know, for example, sometimes how the arts can be used to implement social and racial justice. In addition to that, we also bring on civic leaders and public figures. So for example, we've had Congresswoman Ayanna Presley, and then the next month we had Big Sean and T.I. come on. So there's a lot of different types of content that we have going on in the web series that will hopefully be a good and accessible resource for people to start understanding uh, racial and social justice issues. It sounds like a real global movement in that we've got these 96 students in 36 different countries. We've got a variety of different types of celebrities, some from the music world, others from the political world. In terms of your own experience working with this, what is your role with Team Harmony and the web series? My role has kind of grown in a way. My role when it comes to the web series is to help present the information in an accessible manner. So basically, I'm just there presenting and framing the content for people to be able to, you know, watch it and consume it. So another role that I've sort of started growing into lately is I have started focusing on the Team Harmony social media, uh, specifically the Instagram. And my role when it comes to that is basically just coordinating the global youth reporters. And I basically have them submitting content to me in terms of their day-to-day lives. So what this hopes to achieve is to offer people a window into seeing different perspectives, like I said before, and seeing how people live in different parts of the world. I think this is important because through seeing how people live, you can see that, yeah, we have our differences, but at the end of the day, we're all the same. And not everybody has access to seeing 
people from different backgrounds in their own communities. Not everybody has a multicultural community. So this is supposed to be a accessible resource for people to see different cultures and hopefully start to understand that we should be coalition building and getting along rather than hating on people who are different. That's fantastic. Could you give us an example of one of these student reporter generated pieces of content? So we had a girl from Poland who basically took over the Instagram for a day. And within this takeover, she basically took us through her day so you could see what she was doing for her day. But there's also a lot of good information in terms of what life looks like in Poland. For example, she gave us five quick facts about Poland. She showed us what she was eating for the day, which is simple for her. It's not interesting for her, but for people from different parts of the world, it's interesting to see how different people are eating around the world. It was just really simple. She took us through the day and then she would give us a little bit of information about Poland. It's fantastic. My experience has been one of the best ways to overcome hate is through international experience, to to witness and experience the fact that we have more in common than what separates us. And it sounds like you're taking a path towards gastro diplomacy by understanding yeah. what you're eating in Poland. I saw another piece that that you all put together about Ghana. And what was interesting is there was a particular dish called fufu, which looks sort of appealing. And so I've, I've asked a friend of mine from Ghana if they have a recipe and we'll, we'll see how that works out. But, you know, it's, I, I want to compliment your, your work here in expand, helping to expand people's worldview. Now, when you look back on the, the actual web series, because there's multi, this is a multifaceted approach. We've got the social media content using those student reporters that are part of the web series. And then, of course, there's the web series itself that will have the news package that they've generated, along with a series of other pieces of content that have been created with the Team Harmony team. Who exactly is the Team Harmony team? I'm trying to give the, the listener some context as to what's the environment like? Is this, you guys are hanging out in a back room with a bunch of microphones? I mean, for those who have never seen it, who have yet to be exposed to it, what does it look like? What's the production values? How is this all put together? Is it 100% student run? Is it 100% Ambersonian run? Give us an idea. I'll just give you an example for when I go into the studio to shoot. So I go into the studio to shoot and my co-host will be there. And I mean, honestly, it's, it's, it's a studio that has, uh, you know, state-of-the-art equipment and we have a full production team there. So it's professionally run and professionally operated. But uh, just to clarify that, because it is a series by youth for youth, quote unquote, but it's not like home movie type content it is professionally run and we do try to get it in a presentable package for everybody sounds like a wonderful opportunity where we have students who are working on their craft working alongside seasons professionals who are who have come together to create this amazing web series hate what are you going to do about it and you mentioned some real a-listers as I understand, we had Congresswoman Presley, we had the president of the Anti-Defamation League. There was an ex-neo-Nazi, Chris Piccolini, who now works to get people away from fascism and hate groups like that. In the second episode, there were a number of music artists. The one I particularly appreciated was D1. 
I'll admit I'm not, I was not familiar with his work prior to the episode. Yeah. Neither was I, I. He was awesome though. I really appreciated his message that, and it's so cool where a younger person gets to educate an older person. And I am probably old enough to be that young man's father. <laughs> so, but still, I came away with it. So I guess one of the key takeaways with this web series, Hate, What Are You Going to Do? Is there's something for everybody. And yes, it is indeed targeted towards younger people and in, in helping them navigate the world away from hate. But equally important, there's messages that we can all appreciate. So, all right. What has been your mm. favorite segment so far working on the series? Oh man, <laughs> there are a lot that come to mind to be honest, but I'd probably have to say uh, in the first episode, there was a segment from one of our global youth reporters, Ma from Belgium, and she's a black woman. And her story was about, you know, how black women are perceived in society. And that was really a powerful story for me. And it made an impression on me because, you know, as an African-American, I don't, you don't usually think of black women in other contexts other than black women in America. So it was really cool to see that there were black women in Belgium, you know, speaking about these issues. And it was seeing something that we had in common in terms of how we're handling how our people are perceived in society. I'm wondering for the home audience, if you could give three takeaways from, or, or three observations from your experiences working on this project. Well, what brought me into this project was this summer, a couple of professors of mine, Mark Brody and Greg Payne, approached me and said that they had, <laughs> they said that they had a role that they thought had my name written all over it. So of course I trusted in their wisdom and I took a look at it and I was really grateful for the opportunity because it felt like an opportunity to finally do more because a lot of the times when you, you know, watch the news and see all of these issues that we're having in terms of racial justice and social justice, uh, you can kind of feel powerless in a way. So I was grateful for the opportunity to start to actually do something that was tangible in terms of contributing to ending hate in this world. One of the things that's really amazing about Team Harmony is they're actually going out and doing something. It's one thing to be empathetic, and we encourage that, but it's another to be compassionate and to take action to address social justice issues. And through your participation in Team Harmony and being a host on Hate, What Are You Going to Do About It? by essentially taking over some of the social media activities that you have, you, through these efforts, are addressing social justice issues. And it's a wonderful thing. I think it also speaks to one of the elements that makes Emerson special, and that's the experiential learning. The fact that you have skills, you have a voice, and now you get to put those skills and that voice together to make change. So to you, my friend, congratulations on achieving that. And I, I wish you all the success in the world going forward with that. Thank you for the opportunity. It, it means a lot to be a part of this project. Kahari Higgins is using his voice and talent to make change. How would you go about finding and educating more change agents like Kahari? How do you become an activist for any movement? What do activists need to know in order to make effective change? 
and how can Emerson use its resources to support their efforts? Let's talk with Professor Catherine Edelstein, Emerson College. She's actually the creator of the nonprofit minor at Emerson College in the Department of Communication Studies. Catherine, welcome to Campus on the Common. I understand that you are the driving force for Team Harmony's Virtual Institute for Activism. I was hoping that you could give us an overview of what exactly is that? The Virtual Institute for Activism is something that the Team Harmony Foundation uh, created so that students from around the world could join together with faculty from around the world to learn about specific skills on how to eradicate hate in their communities. What would some of those skills be? There are 10 courses and all 10 courses relate to skills that students need in order to enact change in their communities. For example, public relations, how to bridge different groups of people who may have different ideologies, public speaking skills, and how to create an online campaign for a cause. Fantastic. I see that there are 10 classes here, and it ranges from, as you mentioned, building bridges, public relations, social media for social good, the art of organizing, creating visibility for the cause, starting a movement for campaign. I mean, these are wonderful elements that I would think any young person that would want to become an effective activist would really need to master. How did you go about deciding what to include in this institute? And then where did you find the experts to talk about these various courses? Well, the 10 courses that are being offered were actually first created by Team Harmony. So they came up with the 10 courses and a description for the courses. And then once I joined the group, I decided to start looking for some faculty to fill the teaching uh, of these courses. And I didn't have to look any further than my own department of communication studies at Emerson College to see that so many of them were perfectly matched for the course titles. They teach those courses at Emerson, they're experts in those areas and they have good hearts. So approaching them, was fairly easy and I was just so thrilled that so many accepted my request. We do have a couple of newly minted graduate students also teaching as well as a few faculty from outside of Emerson College and one from outside of the Comp Studies Department that would be Cheryl Jackson in journalism. So it's a fantastic mix of all-stars brought together to impart knowledge to future activists and global leaders. From the students' perspective, who are these people and where do they come from? So the students are actually an incredible globalist of places. So everywhere from Egypt and Bahrain to Afghanistan and Nigeria, and of course the United States. Peru is on there, students from Lisbon are joining us, from Portugal, and just so many places around the country. And I'm really excited to meet these students who have these different and varied backgrounds to explain and tell us exactly what's going on in their communities and why they decided to join us for the Virtual Institute. My understanding is Team Harmony has gone out, recruited a considerable number of young people, as you mentioned, on a global basis. Will you be bringing them all into this massive Zoom call? How, in terms of the operational side, the organizational side, how will this function with all these people from around the world? That's a great question, Mark. What we're doing is actually every instructor will have their own Zoom link and we'll be using Zoom as our platform. And students will get a schedule for the 10 weeks of classes for the 10 courses and the instructors that will teach them and the Zoom links to connect to the faculty uh, on, at a specific time each week. So the cohorts will be groups of 20 students 
We are accepting students from ages 14 to 20, which is quite wide. So we're going to try to organize it so that the cohorts actually are more grouped by age so that high school students will be together and college students will be together. So from a practical perspective, you could be from Bahrain, Argentina, or Afghanistan, and you're placed into a cohort with other people from other parts of the world. As they're proceeding through this coursework, from the student's perspective, if you could sort of illuminate what should they expect while they're participating in this, and then at the end of the course, what happens then? So students will typically join in with an instructor. Each instructor is posting ahead of time through Team Harmony's platform some suggested readings, perhaps, or some suggested TED Talks to watch. And then students will sign on at, let's say, 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning to meet with me. I'm, I'm teaching Building Bridges. And we will join together, the 20 of us, and introduce ourselves. And it is not all lecture style. So I will be using breakout rooms, for example. I want the students from different areas to learn from each other as well. So when they go into breakout rooms, for example, for my course, I give them prompts to talk about times when they had difficulties building bridges with other people. What were some of the situations? What happened? And for them to share their stories and then come back to the classroom with me and maybe talk about some of the highlights they discussed. And then at the end of my hour class, we're actually going to um, apply what I teach them, some strategies to some of the situations that they shared at the beginning of the hour so that we can see some real use for some of the skills that they're learning. And I suppose that most faculty will be operating in that way for their classes. Fantastic. So instead of just a talking head on the other end of a Zoom call, there's some legitimate takeaways that they can put into action in their own situations back home, wherever they come from. Right. And we really want them to work together each class, each time they're together, because at the end you had asked about deliverables and there is a deliverable. They'll have two weeks once the Institute ends to put together a PowerPoint presentation that the cohort, the 20 of them, put together to talk about how they might eradicate hate in a community or face some other situation that one of them are experiencing. And they will put that into a presentation and then post that presentation to Team Harmony's website. They'll be giving instructions for that. And then there'll be a competition for whose presentation was the best and whose was the most practical. It sounds like a wonderful program. I can't wait to see this launch. I've been talking this up with some of my own students, and I know there's a fair amount of interest within the Emerson community alone. And when we open the doors in an international basis, I can imagine those just be a floodgate of participants. One question I have, though, there's 10 weeks we'll have these amazing courses with this amazing cast of characters on the instruction level. What happens afterwards? There's this body of knowledge that's being created is this a one and done type of situation? Will we record these episodes or these classes, if you will, to leverage them down the road? Any thoughts there in terms of what we can do with the body of work that you as instructors will create? That's a great question. At this point, we haven't really decided. I'm hoping that we will do this once again, that this is not a one and done. Um, perhaps we'll offer this next year or in a couple of years. One thing I wanted to mention for Emerson students anyway, in, our, in the communication studies department, we have a non-tuition credit for civic engagement. And this particular course, if taken by an Emerson student, 
will earn a non-tuition credit through the civic engagement program in Com Studies. And I know that there are a lot of students who are always looking for non-tuition credit. Hopefully it's, they're interested in social justice and equity, and this would be just the thing for them to sort of align their interests with their need for a credit. So let me get this straight. You get to study something that's meaningful, something that will make you a better communications professional. You, you're given at the conclusion of this course, one credit and one credit, if I'm not mistaken, in the 2021, one credit's worth about $1,500. Is that, I think is that? that's about right. Yes. So you're almost getting paid to study if, if I'm putting this together correctly. Well, I choose not to look at it that way, Mark, but I think that that is, is likely the way that some students will look at it. it this is an incredible opportunity for, for students around the world, but especially for Emerson students because of this non-tuition credit. And I would think that for students from other colleges and high schools, perhaps if they approach their school, something similar might be available for them as well. They will be getting a certificate at the end. And maybe once they get that certificate, that would be something that they could actually bring to their institutions. Well, Professor Catherine Edelstein, Emerson College, thank you so much for your time. We're really looking forward to hearing how well this has gone. We have every expectation that it will be an amazing project. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Campus on the Common. I'm your host, Mark Brody. Our executive producer is Dean Raoul Rice. Lucas Boiser is our producer and chief engineer. Oliver Glass is our associate producer. And our marketing manager is Patrick Mulligan. Campus on the Common provides an expert view into the field of media and communication through the lens of academic experts and industry professionals from Emerson and beyond. Campus on the Common is a production of Emerson College's School of Communication. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.